Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Club 46, driven by Bridgestone. I'm Jay Crawford. This is the show where we get a chance to sit down and spend some real time with former and current Cleveland Brown greats. And today we're thrilled to be joined by one of the original dogs, maybe the original dog, <laughs> Hanford Dixon. Hanford, great to see you. Hey, dog, it's good to be here. And it's uh, about time you guys... Uh talk to someone that uh, <laughs> really, no, no, I'm just Save the best for last. You got it, See but no, uh, no, glad to be here. When, I like to start by asking this to everybody. Um, is, is there one moment from your career that when you run into Browns fans around town, they most want to talk about? Uh, well, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a few of them, but uh, I'll tell you a couple of things. Uh, uh, I never forget the first time I um, watched a uh, Cleveland Browns uh, game uh, because uh, growing up I was never a Cleveland Browns fan. You I mean, no, uh, we. I'm from a little small town outside of Mobile, Alabama, called Theodore, and uh, we. I call it the door to Mobile. Obviously, we. You know, we have the Senior Bowl uh, mm -hmm. there every year, and uh, I was actually a Dallas Cowboy fan. Really? Uh, I, I used to love the Dallas Cowboys, and I remember uh, it was right before the draft. Um, uh, the Browns were playing the uh, Oakland Raiders and they were playing them uh, in Cleveland, uh, in Cleveland Brown Stadium. And uh, uh, it was a cold day, too. And uh, it, it was a playoff game. And I, what stood out to me I was watching the game and the fans were here and, and they had their shirts off. And I said, those people in Cleveland are just absolutely <laughs> crazy. They're nuts. I said, there's no way I could play for uh, that particular team. And uh, sure enough, the Browns lost the uh, game, I think, uh, sight through an interception. Red right 88. Red right 88. And, uh, but lo and behold, uh, right before the draft, I get a call from uh, uh, the owner of the Cleveland Browns, uh, Mr. Art Modell, and he said, uh, Hanford Dixon, uh, uh, you want to be a Cleveland Browns? And I'm like, uh, uh, yes, sir, I want to come to Cleveland. But I never thought it. I said in my mind, there's no way. I would ever come and, and uh, play for this uh, team, but uh, now you have me here, uh, they can't get rid of me. Uh, I'm, just, uh, <laughs> I, I'm just here forever. But it, that's one of the moments, and, and uh, I, I guess uh, a couple of people have, uh, have heard that and they've asked me that story and another thing that's been really popular about the dog pound, but uh, I won't get into that right now. No, we're going to come back to that. Oh, okay, I that's, why I said, that. that's why I said I won't get into that right but now. But I, I want to I really uh, start by kind of diving into your early years. Take us back to that small town in Alabama. What was it like growing up young Hanford Dixon? Well, you know, it was, uh, it, it, it was funny because I, I never had any brothers. I had one sister. Uh, my sister was... Uh, older than I was, and then uh, there was my mom and my dad, and uh, I remember it was kind of hard for me to play football because I didn't start playing. Uh, I didn't get a chance to play like peewee or anything like that. Uh, uh, I didn't start playing until later on, and uh, during that time, my uh, father never wanted me to play football. My, my mother was okay with it, but my father never wanted mm -hmm. me to. I remember I used to stay uh, after school uh, because I had strict uh, instruction for my dad to come home right after uh, uh, school, but I would stay. I would to football practice, knowing that when I got home, uh, my dad was going with my butt, and that went on for a little while. And then finally, uh, my mom told him, "said Leave that boy alone. <laughs> Go watch him play." 
and see if it's okay. So, because he always thought, you know, it, it was going to um, interfere with my studies and everything else. So, but he came and he watched me practice, and uh, he decided to uh, uh, let me play football. And I remember wow. one one particular day, it was just crazy. Some of the guys that played football with me wanted to go home with me. I didn't want them to go home with me because I didn't want them to see me get my butt whipped because I knew uh, that was going to happen. But it was a struggle uh, in the beginning to uh, even uh, get to the stage where uh, I could play football. But uh, again, once he decided to let me play, it was he came to see me practice. It was uh, it was a good thing. Uh, one trait you're thankful you got from each parent. Uh, I'll say uh, my uh, mother was just uh, her uh, strength, her uh, convictions, uh, her belief, uh, meaning that she kept uh, uh, the family together. Uh, she uh, she is the one that made sure uh, all of us, uh, including my dad, if we don't want to at certain times, we were right there in church uh, every Sunday and we we uh, believed in God. And then my uh, father, uh, just uh, his work ethics. I mean, he, uh, he uh, worked extremely hard to uh, provide for the family and uh, we appreciate that and we saw that. So uh, they were, uh, because uh, you hear today, of you, you have so many people, so many kids, they don't grow up with uh, two parents. Uh, thank uh, God we didn't have that problem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was, was football your main sport, or did you, did you, what else did you play as a kid? You know, football was pretty much my uh, main sport. I played a little basketball, uh, uh, played a little baseball, but I got a couple good stories on those. I wasn't very good at baseball. Uh, because you couldn't convince me that that curveball was going to curve. And uh, <laughs> I wasn't going to stay in there long enough in the batter box to find out. And I remember uh, we had on the baseball uniforms, I never really used to play, but I used to go after the game, I'll go slide on the uh, dirt to get my uniform dirty to make people believe, yeah. you know, you know sure. I look like I um, yeah. played in uh, basketball. I played basketball in... Uh, in uh, high school, I was very quick. Uh, could uh, I could steal the ball? I could play defense. Uh, I could shoot a little bit, but uh, the fright was there when I stole the ball going out on the layup that I was going to miss the layup. So I would I was fast enough. I would steal the ball, but when I stole the ball going down right before the layup, I was glad there was someone trailing so I could uh, <laughs> give the ball to them. So give it I could up. Just, yeah, yeah. I, I would give it up. So I'm having a hard time mm -hmm. getting my mind around the fact that big, strong, mm -hmm. tough, hard-hitting mm -hmm. Hanford Dixon mm -hmm. bailed out on curveballs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, for some reason, you just, you just couldn't convince me that that ball, you know, I know it was supposed to curve, but just the thought of it not curving and hitting me, I just, yeah, you, you know, I, I couldn't, uh, couldn't take it. It's like, we're down with that. Well, it's like me and snakes. Uh, we, we, <laughs> well, I can get along with spiders, anything like those, but yeah. snakes, I can't get along with them. Got it. Very good. <laughs> when did you realize that you were above average good at football? Well, you know, I had the, um, uh, in uh, high school, like I said, I always knew that I was very fast. And uh, I, uh, I had the mindset, uh, uh, I, I knew I was pretty good because I used to play two positions in uh, high school. I used to play uh, defensive back 
and I played, uh, well, three, I played uh, running back and I played a little bit of a uh, wide receiver and I didn't like getting hit. So that converted me to defensive back more than so uh, the offensive side. But I knew uh, like um, uh, my uh, junior year, uh, I knew I was um, pretty good or I was gonna get a scholarship to uh, one of uh, major universities. And uh, it just so happened that uh, the university, uh, I had scholarships, but the University of Southern Mississippi had pretty much uh, wrapped me up. I was uh, gonna commit there. But once I was, uh, I walked into uh, the University of Southern Mississippi as a freshman and uh, we had like a team meeting or something and, and we were talking to the guys and I said, well, I said, I was always very cocky. I said, I don't know who uh, is playing uh, right corner or left corner, but I said, you guys are gonna give up one of those corner spots. I'm gonna start at one of the uh, corners. And you know, they're looking at me like, who is this kid? You're not talking about he's gonna come in and start. Sure enough, I started at uh, one of the corner, but my whole mindset uh, throughout my sophomore year was if I get drafted by the fifth round, I can make someone's uh, NFL team. Because, you know, back then the draft, you know, you, you had, uh, you know, what, 11, 12 rounds? 12 rounds. Yeah, 12 rounds uh, back then. But after my uh, sophomore year in college, I, you know, I started thinking to myself, I said, Jay, I said, forget this fifth round stuff. I said, I'm good enough, I could be drafted uh, in the, uh, in the first round. And coming out of um, uh, the my senior year out of the University of Southern Mississippi, I was ranked the number one cornerback um, in the nation. So I was feeling pretty good until the draft started. Um, what happened was I came out that same year as myself, uh, Ronnie Lott, uh, Kenny Easley, all those guys, good friends of mine, we all came out together. And uh, I never forget this, during the draft, Ronnie Lott went really fast. Uh, Kenny Easley went really fast. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, whoa, this is gonna really get good. No, this is gonna really, really interesting. Cause I said, you know, I'm, I have to be next to come off the board. Until the 21st pick, uh, the Oakland Raiders took a cornerback out of Texas Tech, a guy by the name of Ted Watts. And I'm like, what is going on here? I am the number one ranked quarterback. Why would they take uh, this kid out of Texas Tech? But it was okay. With the next pick, I get the call from uh, Mr. Modell uh, saying that they were going to pick me and I was going to be a Cleveland Brown. What did you know about Cleveland? You know what? I, nothing but, uh, you know, I knew it was cold. Yeah. Uh, I remember watching uh, the AFC uh, championship playoff game. I knew that the fans were crazy. Uh, I knew they, in the cold, they take off their shirts. And, uh, but uh, it, it, it was crazy. Here, here's, here's a story. Uh, my, when I first, uh, my first flight to Cleveland, I came here and I was expecting uh, a bunch of people at the airport waiting for me, cheering me on, and no one was there. So I'm like, what the hell's going on here, you know? <laughs> and then I had on, um, uh, you, you'd have laughed if you'd have saw me, I had like a little white suit on, you know? Can you imagine a little country boy from Dirt Rose in uh, Alabama with a white suit on? And, and then Ozzy grabbed me and pulled me to the side. He said, let me tell you something, boy. <laughs> he said, you take, you take off those clothes. <laughs> 
<laughs> You're in Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You take off those clothes, and it was so, so, it was so, so funny. And then he and I ended up being roommates uh, because obviously he was from uh, most the of the Yeah, the tie. Alabama tie. But uh, yeah, but no, I had really never been to Cleveland. Bridgestone knows you want the same thing from your tires as you do from the Cleveland Browns. Clutch performance when it matters most. That's why Bridgestone DriveGuard tires are built with the resilience to withstand bumps, bruises, even nails. Engineered to drive up to 50 miles after a flat, they're designed with the sole purpose of getting you where you need to go. Bridgestone, official tire of the NFL. Leading up to the draft, it's different now. I mean, there's so much yeah. buildup, 24-7, yeah. every network yeah. that covers sports is talking about the draft. Yeah. What was your draft day experience? Where were you? Were, were you with family members? How did you, how did you watch? Well, you know, because it's, it's totally, totally, uh, it's totally, totally different now how they do it. Like, you know, as well as I do now, it's just a big production. And uh, I was uh, nothing spectacular or anything, just uh, low key, si- low key, uh, sitting at home with the family. And uh, and I, I say maybe uh, I, I waited to the 22nd pick because I remember playing in the senior bowl when we played in the senior bowl. For some reason, my toe, my two, two I, I don't know whether it was they're frostbite or infected or something. It was kind of crazy. I know I had a problem with my t- two toes. I said, well, maybe that had something to do with it, but uh, I, I was really shocked I lasted to the 22nd pick. What was that transition like for you going, but even at Southern Miss, I mean, you were still basically from in the same part of the country. They weren't really the only place that you knew. And then you're coming to Cleveland, Ohio. They're going to pay you more money than you thought you could make, and you're in a strange land. Well, I tell you this: I, uh, when I first when I first came to Cleveland, and me and my agent, my attorney, a guy by the name of Bud Holmes, uh, Bud was uh, uh, he was an agent, but he was also district attorney in uh, Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and uh, Walter Payton and I had the same uh, agent. You know, Walter was from uh, went to Jackson State. Mm-hmm. So we came to Cleveland, uh, we signed a contract and, uh, from uh, Mr. Modell, and then we left uh, Cleveland and we took a flight to Chicago. We went to see uh, Walter. And uh, so Walter looked at me and he says, um, uh, Hanford, uh, uh, where is that check that, uh, uh, Mr. that Art gave you? He didn't call him Mr. Modell, I called him Mr. Modell. Where is that check that Art gave you? And I said, Bud, you get the check, where's the check? So Bud gave the check to Walter. So Walter took the check and he tore it up. I mean, he tore the check up. And I'm looking at him, you know, you know, still I'm a little kid here, you know, I'm looking at him, I'm like, wow, you know, he just tore up my uh, check. And uh, after he was just sitting over there laughing, so after he tore up the check, he jumped on the phone and he called uh, uh, Art, Mr. Modell, he said, Art, uh, he said, you know that check you just gave that rookie uh, hand for Dixon Hart? I said, yeah. He said, well, you had to give him another one because I just tore up uh, uh, the one that you gave him. And he, he was still laughing, but it wasn't funny to me because I, <laughs> I didn't know, you know, I didn't, I didn't know him and Art was on those, uh, you know, but of course, you know, Walter Payton knows. He knew uh, everybody. He, he knew everybody, but, uh, and I remember going, I used to work out with him and, and I didn't want him to know. Uh, here I was, a rookie, and I couldn't hang with him. 
with the workouts? I couldn't hang out with the workouts because we used to run these hills and I would throw up and he was still going, but I didn't want him to know that I couldn't hang with him. He was just, it was just tough. What did that tell you about being great at this level? It, 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 cause I thought when I first came into the league, uh, I thought, uh, obviously you had to be very talented, you, you know, but talent alone, that told me that talent alone is not going to get you in this league because everybody has a lot of talent. Mm -hmm. And that's when I really started to um, study. Uh, I wanted to know uh, when we played, I wanted to know everything that uh, a receiver or the offense, what they were going to try to do, how they were going to try to attack me. Uh, I wanted to know what was going to happen. And when I go out on the field, it's like a computer running in my mind. If he's lined up uh, three yards outside the number, a couple yards inside the number, whatever, depending on what the formation is, what they do motion, you know, I'll be able to cut it down with the things that they're going to try to do to me or how they're going to try to attack our football team. But I realize that uh, it's just not talent alone. You got to, you, 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 you have to be smart and you have to be prepared in this league in order to uh, stay in this league. Did you have a welcome to the NFL moment? I remember we were playing the New York Jets my, uh, my rookie season. And the New York, New York Jets had a wide receiver by uh, a very, very, I think he just passed, uh, very, very fast uh, wide receiver, uh, world, world-class Brennan Lamb Jones. And uh, so Greg was uh, said, okay, I'm going to get you ready for uh, Lamb Jones uh, during the week, like on the uh, practice squad or whatever, going against the first team. And I told Greg, I said, uh, you don't have to get me ready for Lamb Jones. You need to get Lamb Jones ready for <laughs> Hanford Dixon. You know, again, how cocky I was. But when the game started, we were playing them, and uh, Lamb Jones even though I was very fast, Lamb Jones getting up on me so fast. I mean, I'm talking about just speed, speed. And I never will forget this. Greg was on the uh, sideline. He was sitting on his helmet watching the game. And I'm out there. I mean, they're getting ready to run a play. And I'm doing like this. I said, psst, psst. I'm, you know, looking at Greg. And uh, Greg's looking at me. And he said, Hamper, what you want? I said, uh, can you tell me when he's going to go deep? <laughs> <laughs> and Greg, and I'm telling you, I am on the field. Greg looks at me. He said, from where I'm sitting, anytime he wants to. <laughs> I, said, I, said, I said, oh, my goodness. But that was, that was, my point is, that was like my rookie season and part of my rookie season when I thought that you could just play this game uh, just on talent alone, but it doesn't work that way. You, you, you have to. You have to study, you have to prepare, you have to uh, uh, be ready in this league because uh, everyone, everyone on the roster is good. Do you have a moment from your time in Cleveland, that, a play, a snapshot that you most remember? Yes, I do. Uh, it, like I said, we it goes back to uh, those divisional games. I mean, uh, Back then, we were the AFC Central. Uh, today is the AFC North. Then we had uh, Houston was uh, uh, in our division. And uh, there's a couple plays. One was against uh, Houston, and one was against the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. And 
against the uh, Steelers, uh, again, it was one of those plays we were playing against the, uh, uh, I had John Ward Stallworth and Terry Bradshaw, and uh, this particular game, I picked off uh, Terry Bradshaw three times uh, in a game. Yeah, and that, uh, that was an outstanding game, and it always stood out in my mind. But another play that forever, forever, was standing in my mind is against the Houston Oilers because Houston had a big running back called Earl Campbell. And, uh, and I, um, I always wanted a chance to uh, hit Earl Campbell. And you couldn't tell me nothing. I just wanted to hit him. You know, and the boys, you know, talking during the week, Earl Campbell, I mean, I don't care. This is hand predicted. We were so I never forget this. Earl Campbell broke through the line. And I went up and boom, hit him. Okay. Uh, as soon as I hit him, headgear was twisted a little bit, and I knew I was hurt. I knew I was hurt, and but I didn't want. I said, "Well, I can't." I, I remember, you know, saying to myself, "Well, I can't let them know I'm hurt." So I said, "I just got to make it back to the sideline." And sure enough, I, you know, got myself made it back to the sideline, and uh, I was sitting on the bench. But the only problem, I was sitting on their bench, and not. <laughs> And not our bitch. So he, and, uh, he rung your bell pretty good. Yeah, he rang my bell pretty good. I never forget uh, Bill Tessendora and uh, Mark, who was pretty much our trainers at the time, had to come and get me, take me, take me back to the other side. And I don't have to tell you how, when uh, the next day on Monday, as a team, when we all get together and we were watching film and how the boys just really let me have it. I mean, just let, but I couldn't do anything but just put my head down and take it. But Have uh, you ever talked to Earl about that? No, but I could tell you this. Uh, any other time we played the Houston Oilers, when Earl Campbell came through that line, it was not hitting him high. <laughs> yeah, you gotta it get was him grabbing him around his ankles and just holding on, knowing that he's going to drag me maybe two or three yards, but the key was make the sure tackle. But it wasn't one of those uh, uh, one of those strong tackles. And that's another thing why I don't understand uh, watching these guys today. Uh, the tackling is just uh, it's just so bad. Everybody's trying to do the knockout punch and, and go for the ball instead of just uh, making a sure tackle. I mean, that's what you got to do. Get the man you, on the ground. Because you have to live for another play. Sure. Anything can happen during another play. but. But yeah, that was uh, that was what him. The game that you most remember. The game that I most remember, uh, or the games that I most remember, are those uh, three AFC Championship games uh, against uh, the Denver Broncos because right. I, it, it was just weird. It's just things happen during those football games to our football team that normally doesn't happen to our football team. Uh, for some reason, uh, I just think from a higher power up above, uh, you just didn't want us to win those games or weren't going to let us win those football games. Because like I said, crazy, crazy, crazy things happened uh, to us during those football games. And then the thing that really hurt so bad is after you see what happened during the course of the game, whenever they played us, then they go to the Super Bowl and they pretty much lay an egg in all those games. Don't nearly the effort is not there, or or what they did in order to win our game in the Super Bowl, and that really hurts. I just think if we would have gotten over the hump and uh, won one of those Super Bowls, 
I, I mean, got to one of those Super Bowls, we would have won, and I think that's keeping uh, a lot of, lot of good players on our football team out of the uh, Hall of Fame. I mean, I really do. But, you know, you still have to give, you still give uh, John Elway and his team a lot of credit. You know, they made the plays. They did what's necessary to win. Just hurt that during those games, you know, they play so well against us, and then they go to the Super Bowl and they, for three times, and they, yeah. do, they just didn't do anything. Right. Is there one play on the drive that you just will never forget? The, the, the one play that... You're, you'll never be good with. Uh, yeah, there's a there's a few of them. <laughs> that, yeah. that will, he that, had some big conversions. Uh, he had he had there was some big plays. I mean, like the one play, uh, uh, like the fumble. I mean, when when they snapped the ball to him, he drops the ball, and was this the third down play? I think it was third and long. Third and long, they snapped the ball to him. He drops it. How many times is that ball just going to pop right back up, right up to him in his face, Big Daddy? Barely, with his big paw, barely, uh, barely misses the uh, the ball, and then uh, it was a uh, third and 18 when El Elway converted to third and 18, uh, where um, the oh, what is it the the, the receiver releases releases uh, inside, and uh, and me instead of jumping inside of him, I was on the outside of him. And that ball sneaks in there for to catch that, but you know it's just things like that that happen. Yeah. It just, it, it just uh, so many things during the course of that ball game that happened to our football team that uh, still, it uh, it it drives me crazy today. Bridgestone knows you want the same thing from your tires as you do from the Cleveland Browns. Performance when it matters most, which is why Bridgestone tires are built for just that. Whether it's driving up to 50 miles to safety after a flat, confident control in wet conditions, or the dependability of an 80,000-mile limited warranty, Bridgestone's roster of tires has got you covered. Bridgestone, official tire of the NFL. Conditions apply. See BridgestoneTire.com warranty for details. In the span of a week, um, I think you, you probably have for most Cleveland Browns fans that aren't in their late 50s and they don't remember the championship teams of the 60s, you had in the span of seven days, really, perhaps the highest high mm -hmm. that they've ever felt as a football fan, mm -hmm. and seven days later, the lowest low. Mm -hmm. Would you say, as you look back on your career, that that Jets overtime win, double overtime win, was the pinnacle and that first loss to Denver on the drive was the lowest? Yeah, I, I, would, I would say you're uh, pretty accurate. Uh, you have that uh, pretty much correct in, in perspective. I just think uh, uh, the thing that hurt um, with the Denver letdown is because it didn't take me long to realize when I got here uh, what type of people or that Cleveland had Pretty, and I'm not just saying this, have the greatest fans anywhere uh, in the world. I think the thing that hurt us most in those uh, three AFC championship games is that, that we let our fans down. I mean, uh, each guy had to search in their heart, I mean, uh, what could, 
personally, what can you do or should have done to uh, help our football team win that ball game? And then we had to look our fans in the in the face, had to look them in the eye, and uh, knowing that we let them down and the hurt that they were feeling because, uh, boy, to, to get a Super Bowl and go to a Super Bowl for this town, it would just be unbelievable. I don't, I don't care. Uh, what happened? Everybody see what happened in um, this past season with the Kansas City Chiefs and them winning the big one. Just let these, let the fans here win, get there. Just, just let once. them get, just once, yeah. just once. It'll be just crazy. I mean, there's nothing compare. Uh, it'll be compared to with the Cavaliers winning the championship and everyone that parade and all that. Let the Browns win one, and you'll see. I mean, I don't care. This still a football town. Always have been and always will be. That's just my opinion. Yeah, a lot of people we share love, that opinion. We love our Cavs now. We love yeah. our Indians, but this is a Browns town. Reggie Langhorn literally said just about word for word everything that you did he? said. Did he? Almost in the same yeah. fashion. He really <laughs> yeah, did. Yeah. Um, I know you said that collectively and individually there's this feeling like we let, we let down our fans. I don't know that I've ever seen a love affair between a fan base and a group of players that didn't win a championship. What is it about that bond that those teams had 30 years later? It still exists with these fans, but you never delivered the title. How do you explain that there's still so much love? You feel it every day. I know you do. Absolutely, you feel it. And uh, that's what I tell a lot of the, uh, uh, the guys now. I said, uh, I said, you guys could feel the love from the fans right now. But just think if you won, if you started to win, if you uh, won a championship, I tell you, it'd just be unbelievable. But it all started with us. Uh, uh, I remember um, we had training camp at uh, Lakeland Community College, and, uh, and uh, the fans were just so close. I mean, they were just uh, uh, so close to uh, us. And, and see, with us, they could feel us. They felt like they could feel us. They could touch us. I mean. We were out in the community, and uh, and and um, and they do that. To, they do that today, but it was just a different, different feeling. I mean, we. I remember um, uh, after a game, uh, leave the stadium. Uh, there was no parking then underneath the stadium. We all parked um, in the lot right across the street, mm -hmm. and you walk through there, and there they are, just a few diehards and. And you know, you sit there, you have a Coke or you have a beer with them, you talk for a minute or two and about the game. And uh, again, they're able to touch you and they, they're able to feel you. And that was the big thing with us, with our fans. I remember there was, people had shows all over town on Monday nights. Uh, uh, I remember I had mine, there was a restaurant called Tony Roma's that, uh, I mean, just packed. I mean, absolutely with fans and again it all goes to where they can touch you and they can feel you and they you know we realized that we were no better we were no worse than them we were all just uh, people how, how did the dog pound start what, where, what is the origins of, of that it's kind of weird uh, it was again it goes back to Lakeland Community College and uh, we um, Going back to my roots, growing up in uh, in Alabama, uh, going to school in Mississippi, and I remember uh, how a dog used to chase a cat running around, 
And the dogs was originally meant for the defensive line. Not anyone else, it was meant for the defensive line. We had two all-pro cornerbacks, uh, myself and uh, Frank Minifield. We had uh, all-pro linebackers, outside linebackers, Clay Matthews and Chip Banks. And we just didn't have that great, great pass rush. I mean, we had guys on the, uh, on the defensive line that would give you everything to have, but it just wasn't that great, great pass rush. And uh, we, uh, never would forget this, uh, would told the defensive line, said, look, what we're gonna do, we're gonna bark at you guys. And when we bark at you, just rear your ears back. Think of that old quarterback as a cat, and you guys are the dogs. And you just go after him. And so we started barking, but the fans, again, at Lakeland Community College, they were so close to the field. So we started barking, and everybody started barking. They could hear it. Yeah, before we knew it, everybody was the dogs, not just the uh, defensive line, the whole defense, the whole team, everybody was the dogs. And it was a beautiful thing. And uh, a little bit upset, though, because uh, once we tried to uh, trademark it, uh, NFL Properties already had it. So <laughs> They're crafty that oh, way. Oh, they are pretty crafty <laughs> there. They are pretty crafty. But you but, still have the peace uh, of mind knowing that literally, absolutely. like, it really started uh, an identity for a franchise. Well, you know what? It, it is still alive and kicking the day. I mean, obviously, uh, Arsenio Hall was barking on TV and... Uh, and uh, the dogs today are just, they're alive, they're well. Your years here were, were so exciting and so productive, but as your career is going on, uh, it, it's inevitable for every player mm -hmm. that they know that they're one day going to have to mm -hmm. open that door to the afterlife. Mm -hmm. What was that whole process like for you, Hanford, coming to the realization that it was time, and what were the emotions like during that time? Well, I, I, I think some people have a hard time um, giving it up than others, but uh, you realize you can't play this game forever. And uh, I, I was lucky enough to play for uh, nine years uh, and uh, pretty much uh, all with the Cleveland Browns, but I had uh, later signed a contract. I was gonna go out to uh, uh, San Francisco, but what uh, happened out there, I was in training camp and I tore my quad. I mean, literally snapped it. I, I think about it right now. And they wanted to, um, they wanted to go in and they wanted to do surgery on it. And uh, I said, whoa, 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 no, 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 no. You had no. never had surgery? And no, I never had surgery. Really? Never, 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 never had surgery. So you said it'd be easier to I, retire? Yeah, so I said it'd be uh, uh, easier to retire. And then I called, uh, I said, hey, I'm going to retire as a uh, Cleveland Brown. But uh, would have liked to play uh, maybe um, a couple more years. Uh, but... I, I think everyone knows when it's over. I think everyone, uh, again, like I said, you have some guys that uh, it's harder to give it up. But I think deep down, I think each and every one of us know uh, when it's time to uh, uh, leave the game. But you try to stay uh, uh, in the game uh, with some aspect, and I have. Yeah. I mean, I'm still around the team. I still do a lot for the team. I still do... Uh, radio and uh, TV, so uh, I, I still feel that I'm uh, part of the organization, even though I'm not r really part of it, I still feel like I am, and they, and they, and, and thank you for uh, Dee and uh, uh, Jimmy, they made the alumni feel like they're part of the, alum uh, the organization, because right. you can come and go, or as you please, and, uh, and they do a lot for the alumni, and we, I want to tell them thank you. Yeah. 
What was that early transition like from NFL pro bowler to civilian, no longer a professional athlete? Well, it was, you know, you, like I said, you still, uh, you still part of the game, but you're not part of the game. I mean, you're not, uh, uh, you're not playing, but, uh, but you still feel like you're, uh, you're part of the organization. So it wasn't, uh, it wasn't uh, like a funeral or anything. I mean, you know, it's just, it is what it is. It's time to go. It's like, uh, uh, whatever you're doing at some point, you, you know, you can't do it forever. And sooner or later, they're going to say, hey, you know, we don't need you anymore. And you understand that because uh, football is a business. Uh, as some of the, uh, uh, a lot of the professional athletes, I think they'll be the first one to tell you that we understand that this is a business. We wish we could stay forever. We wish we could uh, stick around and be on that team forever. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What is your, how would you characterize your post-football life? Uh, I, you know, I, it's great. I mean, I don't, I don't have any, uh, I don't have any, uh, complaints. I don't have any, uh, any, I, I think everything is good. I'm good. So you still have your health. A lot of guys that played your well, position. Well, what I do is I, one thing I try to do, I like it this morning, eight o'clock, uh, I'm on the elliptical. I do, uh, I do an hour a day on the elliptical, at least six days a week. I, uh, I lift uh, four days out of the week. I um, uh, I give myself that one day on Sunday. Like I said, I don't uh, I don't work out or anything on Sunday, but uh, I ch I still try to stay in shape. I'm uh, I'm 29 years old uh, and counting. Forever. Yeah, 29 and holding. <laughs> yeah, you are 20, forever 29. 20, 29 and uh, 29 and holding, but. Uh, uh, I think it's very important to, um, your health is very important and you have to work at it and it's not, uh, it's not easy and especially as you get older and uh, I turn around and I look and there's so many of us uh, guys my age, every time I turn around, uh, one of them is checking out, one of them is uh, leaving and obviously you hate to see that and you want to prevent that but, uh, but life is good. Very good. Thanks for the time. It's great to catch up with well, you. Jay, you know, Jay, I'm a little bit upset because uh, I'm just wondering why it took you so long to, uh, you know, get to me and talk to me. But can I can I explain that? Yes, yes. When we were plotting out all of the interviews, uh -huh. we wanted to make make sure that we spread the love and that we had some superstar talent okay. that we could unveil in okay. season two. Okay. okay, okay, So we thought it would be perfect that you go in season two. Well, I, I want to say this. I want to thank you for having me, and I want to let you know I'm a big fan of the show. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Uh, you, you have, I know you feel the love yeah. every day, but yeah. when I talk to Browns fans, mm -hmm. and I always like to ask them their favorite player, mm -hmm. your mm -hmm. name comes off. Mm -hmm by far more than any other <laughs> yeah, defensive yeah, player that's yeah, named. Yeah. And it's always near the top. Now I'm really going to watch the show. I watch it all the time. <laughs> I'm really going to watch it now. <laughs> all right. Hanford, thanks again. You're welcome, so buddy. Much. Great Thank to you. see you. Okay, you, you got it. You look great. Thank Continued you. success. Thank you, buddy. That's going to do it for this edition of Club 46. Please make sure to join us next week when Club 46, driven by Bridgestone, sits down with another former or current Cleveland Brown great. Until then, thanks for watching. And we'll see you soon.